You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Hi, everybody. Coming up, Nicole tells your fortune, looking ahead. So get out your crystal and stay tuned with Mistress Nicole. All dressed in leather, you won't forget her. You want to love her and you won't let go. Who's that woman, crazy woman, Nicole? Ah, hi. Welcome to a Wednesday. You know, somebody in the chat room just a moment ago, as I'm getting ready for the show, said, Happy Hump Day. And I'm like, it's only Wednesday? Oh, my goodness. This, this, this is moving very slowly slowly you know i was gonna start with another tune today a little tune for you but um i i i i don't know where i put it hold on i'm gonna try to bring it up it's a quickie and um but it but it's a good one you know as are they all aren't they let me see if i can't get it up real fast sorry i i the reason i I had that little inflection in my voice is because Hassan Minaj is um, guest hosting The Daily Show this week. You know, Trevor Noah left. And so they're having um, uh, all kinds of different, like they're alternating a week at a time, different hosts. I guess they're guest hosts technically because they're not permanent hosts. But he did a bit yesterday (laughs) <laughs> was really funny. Um, and it, it is, it's kind of suggestive and dirty. But um, let me first see if I can get this little quickie up for you that I wanted to play real fast. You know what, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna play the audio rather than try to bring up the video because it's, it's, it's from Parody Project. And um, it's called 16 Turns. But, you know, Don Karen is the guy at the Parody Project. And this he did as a YouTube short, because I guess it's short. Um, but it's hard to cue into those because they you can't just rewind. So I'm making things easy for myself. Uh, 
16 turns parody project some people say man has the freedom to choose but the people in power we have oh, see what happens some people say man has the freedom to choose but the people in power never walked in his shoes a walk in his shoes wouldn't make them see that choices are hampered by poverty you take 16 tums cause your stomach's upset a big tax burden and a lot of debt you know they'll take you for more and more to Feed that monster called the Permanent War. You were born into a world that the wealthy control. You can purchase a vote if you sell your soul. You can sell your soul, but the bid's not high. And you'll be lucky if it pays for the food you buy. It takes 16 tons for the ache in your gut. Your social security's about to get cut. Your Medicare and Medicaid have got to go because of corporations on the public dole. That's the whole thing. <laughs> but it was worth it, right? I, I thought it was worth the effort. And then it just repeats, so I had to cut it off really quickly. Um, uh, Don Karen and the Parody Project. I like to start with a song. You see, because music hath powers to soothe the savage breast. For probably 60 years, well, maybe not that long, but many, many years, I thought it was the savage beast. It's breast. I don't know how, I don't know what makes a breast savage, but I guess we know that it takes music to soothe it. Anyway, um, <laughs> and, and somehow when I play one of these songs to start the show, it, it, it sort of evens me out because frankly, I was fuming again today for a few reasons. One, all right, we don't have a guest today, so phone lines are open. Feel free to call in no matter what's going on. I will be taking your calls today. Two, um, you know, I, the reason, one of the reasons I don't have a guest today is because Merrick Garland was set to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee. First time he's testifying before the 118th Congress, just now, you know, uh, starting its third month. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. There's obviously lots to talk to Merrick Garland about. Problem is, the Republicans on that committee, almost to a man, are heinous, sorry excuses for human beings. Oh, I've got video. I have clips to share with you, and we will. But Ted Cruz, is there anybody more heinous than him? All he did, oh, Tamar says... It's referring to the heart under the breast. Soothe the savage. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I just, you know, for many years I thought it was beast. It's breast. Just saying. All right, you learn something new every day, right? All right. So, uh, aside from the 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 ugh, the the poser mentality of these idiots on the right, I mean, you know. I was hoping there would be some serious questions because, frankly, there are a lot of questions to ask Merrick Garland. And some of the Democrats did. But the way the Republicans did it all, you know, just just pissed me off. So, yeah, Ted Cruz attacked him, like really attacked him. And um, I, I, I couldn't listen. So when he came on, 
I had to turn the sound down. I, I tried. I tried, but I couldn't do it. And then Mike Lee. And then, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Kennedy. John. Yeah, I can't even say his name is Kennedy, the, the idiot from Louisiana. The one who talks like he's an old hick. But, you know, he actually went to Cambridge and he doesn't have a, a, a kind of rednecky accent. He just puts that on so the people will think he's one of them. They turn my stomach. There was stuff going on in the house, too, and I've got some clips from that. Today's going to be a clip show. But, <laughs> wait, there was more. Um, so, you know, I was watching the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing here in my, in my studio, and um, I pulled it up. I was watching through the Washington Post website, watching their YouTube channel. And after it ended, you know, I wasn't paying attention to what the other cable channels were doing because, I, I, you know, I didn't care. Um, so when it was over, though, David walked in here and he said, is the hearing over? I said, yeah, it just ended a few minutes ago because, you know, he's we, we both work from the house. I have my studio in here. His office is right next door. And so he walks in here and, and five minutes later, he said, Goddamn MSNBC, they're doing it again. So they couldn't carry the hearing, but they're carrying that stupid trial again. The Murdoch murder trial. Who cares? Unless you are in South Carolina and the Murdoch family wronged you. Really? Who cares? I guess, you know, true crime freaks, because I've heard from a few of you saying, well, I like it. I got sucked into it, but I like the true crime stuff. Fine. That's what court TV is for, right? That's why they have those channels. A news channel, not, not that MSNBC or CNN is news these days, but I guess they're the closest thing we, <laughs> we come to it in the corporate uh, mainstream media world. So sure enough, I I don't know. I don't know if they carried that while the hearing was going on instead of seeing Merrick Garland testifying. But once it was over, and maybe someone can tell me. Um, Yeah, see, Pam in the chat room said, I watched the Garland hearing on YouTube PBS. I'm dying to know now if the, the MSNBC, you know, catered to the lowest common denominator and carried the trial instead of hearing <clears throat> Merrick Garland, the attorney general, um, uh, testifying for the Senate Judiciary Committee. I don't really know, and I shouldn't care, but I'm on my, you know, my, my criticism role. So maybe someone can tell me if they carried it today. And I got to tell you, <clears throat> so I turned it on. I can bring up, you know, the TV on my computer, because I got a full service studio here. And what I found was that, you know, MSNBC was carrying the trial. CNN was not. So I, you know, I, 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 I just can't. I just, I just don't know anymore. I don't know. And I don't know if the trial's over. I don't know if Nicole Wallace comes on at four o'clock Eastern and says, I'm not carrying that shit, but she's not, she didn't run it. So it's just, it's just annoying. And I'm, I'm in a mood today where I'm easily annoyed. <laughs> oh, God. 
So here's what I thought we'd do. I'm going to share with you some of the um, the happenings from uh, from today and and a little bit from yesterday, um, and then invite you to participate. The phone lines are open nine five four eight eight nine six four one zero. That's the regular plain old telephone line, um, uh, uh, regular phone line. Or if you're on Skype, you can Skype into me at Nicole Sandler, all one word. Okay. Um, but you know what? Let's start with this. Oh, Winston says, I watched Jose, Jose diaz Belart, And I only say it that way because he does it. I've, t- I've talked about this before. And it 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 may be time to go and monitor one of his shows again. Jose Diaz-Balart has to Hispanicize everybody's name. And that's fine if that's how they pronounce it. But he, you know, he'll take a a correspondent's name, somebody who pronounces it like, I'm just going to make one up, okay, just because, you know. I wasn't prepared to go into this right now. But say say the guy's name is Jose Ramirez, and he says it that way. He says, I'm Jose, for M- NBC News, I'm Jose Ramirez. Jose Diaz-Balart will say, that's Jose Ramirez. <laughs> it just, <laughs> it, it makes me laugh because, dude, the guy doesn't pronounce his name like that. Why are you doing it? And he does it every time. You know, it, it, it sometimes helps to wa- you know when you're watching these channels <laughs> to um have a little game that you play with yourself it makes the watching not so painful and i'll tell you watching jose diaz balart is often painful living in south florida i've got a thing about the diaz balarts one of them one of his brothers is still in congress the other one used to be in congress they're not good people just leave it at that. Spocko's on the line. Hey, Spocko. Hello. 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 Oh, now you're trying to do the voices. You're trying to, because you were listening to Laffy yesterday, doing Ivanka, Daddy. And and you said that you're going to start practicing your funny voices. Yes, I, I, I was thinking I could do uh, like a... Uh, like a uh, Professor Frank, uh, uh, Jerry Lewis kind of character. I'd call up with the uh, with the social media comeuppance report. Okay, is there a comeuppance report? Yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Twitter's doing terrible. Yes. Um, they uh, they got rid of some more people the yeah. other day. Yeah. Um, even though and, even though uh, Elon said he wasn't going to fire anyone else, he, they laid off another ten percent of the people, including like the people who were told that they were safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I loved it. They had a they had a photo of this woman who was sleeping on the floor, saying, "You know, sleep where you work," and uh, it was uh, she was fired. And uh, you know, it's like. Uh, as somebody once said to me, um, when I was working like a maniac for uh, for a tech business, he says, "The CEO is not going to come to your funeral." So, <laughs> touche. Okay. Um, uh, wait. Good point. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was also thinking, um, uh, friends of ours were having a conversation today, um, and I realized that there's a lot of great work that's been done that people. It's people want to be recognized and acknowledged, you know, like the the hard work that people did to um, 
get Tommy Tuberville uh, <laughs> the stories out that stopped, um, you know, some of the uh, the terrible things in, in Georgia. I mean, our friends did this. Yes. Uh, this kind of activism sometimes just gets, oh, well, yeah, so what has he done for me lately? Yeah. And it, actually people have done things that have exposed things, that have made change. People said, oh, this is horrible. I'm, I'm pushing the defamation case because I also like to remind people another defamation case, which was Ruby Freeman. She won. won. But you know what? Can I tell you something? That was not if it was covered. It went zoom. Because I never saw coverage of Ruby Freeman winning. Right. Right. Where where was that? This is a thing. And this is why I, I talk about sometimes we need to file these and push these and say it because I understand how coverage works. Yes. It's kind of like, you know, Donald Trump don't need to do an investigation for real. Just talk about doing the investigation. Yeah. You know, uh, Spocko, I got to say, I've known Spocko for years. We, I don't, have we even ever met in person? Uh, probably not. I don't think so. But, but we've known each other for years, virtually anyway. And you are, you know, you're an activist, but you're also a media trainer. Um, people, listeners, many lis- listeners uh, to this program will remember jo- Joel Silberman. Joel was mm-hmm. a regular guest of mine. You and Joel worked in similar ways in that you did media training. You would um, help train both, uh, you know, business people and politicians and everybody to appear on media, to do those, to give those witty, you know, soundbite worthy quotes and how to appear and how like Joel was a big thing on how not to talk with your hands, which I always forget that lesson. (laughs) Um, But you've been doing that. And we're on an email list together. And somebody the other day started the thread about media. Somebody else had said, you know, and and this has been a a pet peeve of mine for a long time, listeners will tell you, um, how the left, the money left, and there is money on the left. We just don't, it's not as much as on the right, but there are money people on the left, but they do not support progressive media. People like me, like the Bradcast, like uh, Marcy Wheeler, you know, th- those of us who do independent work um, and we're carrying the water for the left. But the 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 infrastructure, the prog- the, the, mm-hmm. the the Democrats, the professional Dems, the money interests, the donor class, they don't support us. They don't give a shit. They don't they don't even consider us. So um, but they do on the right. And that's why, you know, look, I've made no no secret of this. There were a few a few years ago I was approached a station that I was a token liberal on around the 2008 election. The owner of the station said, you're great. You're great on the air, but your politics are nuts. Come over to this side and I'll put you on the air. And I would have made a lot of money, but I'm not like that. The thing is, it would be nice for the people on our side to support the work that people like me do, but they don't, Spocko, do they? No, and and it's it's one of those things that um, I, I I I joke about this because you know I I said I've media trained some huge names: Elon Musk, Sheryl Sandberg, Larry Page, Sergey Brin, but I kind of got out of doing this because of my activism. I mean, I still did a little bit, but it was. Um, it was acknowledged. It was valued. 
And uh, I help these companies make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. My activism work cost the radio media industry hundreds of millions of dollars. Yes. I mean, it wasn't just me, but I developed the methodology. And I was like just thinking about it, you know, do I tell the people on the activism side, oh, by the way, I also do this corporate stuff. There's like, oh, we don't want to touch with you. And on the corporate side, do I tell them, by the way, as an activism, right. I, you know, do this, oh, we don't talk about you. So I end up being, you know, I, I, I should have been smart because in America, the only way you're smart is when you make money yes. off of stuff. Right, right. You know, I should have done something like figured out how to monetize my costing right wing media hundreds of millions of dollars of avenue uh, revenue. What did right. I get and instead? You, you what nothing. It, you know, nothing. 30 bucks. Uh, right. Bubkas, as they say. But, you know, he, Spocko in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, you did that. You 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 charted the course for Angelo Carasone, who's now the president of Media Matters yes. back when he was in college. And, I, you know, I've been doing this long enough. Um, he was stopped back on Twitter. That was at Stop Beck on Twitter. And he followed your game plan where you went after some right-wing crazies on the air in San Francisco. And you 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 transcribed what they said and you publicized it. And you got advertisers to boycott them. Angelo, as at Stop Beck, followed your game plan and really got Jeff, got Jeff Beck, got, got Glenn Beck taken off of um, uh, Fox TV for sure and certainly hurt his radio career as well. So... You know, yeah, and you're right. You don't get credit for that. Angelo's now president of Media Matters, and Spocko is <laughs> hanging out with the Nicole Sandler show. Hey, this is a good place <laughs> to be. We're old activists. Yes. <laughs> but but I, I do want to say something about specifically about Angelo's work and uh, my work mm -hmm. and Color of Change work yes. uh, about um, Glenn Beck, because this is an area that we're now reaching. And I, you know, I talked a little bit about how to do this um, on, with uh, with social media, it is, you know, this is kind of like I, I don't want to say like I've got a galactic galactic brain, but you know, I was doing the strategic thinking about leverage and how to deal with and hurt the people at News Corp to do about changing their programming. And it was after Color Change, they did a campaign yep. talking to advertisers, telling them you're hurting your brand by associating with Beck. They agreed, they pulled their ads, but it kind of stalled. So what I did then was I contacted the institutional investors for News Corporation and I said, you know, uh, Glenn Beck isn't making any money anymore. Um, don't you want to get quarterly earnings? You know, I mean, if 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 Murdoch wants to make money, uh, if he wants to subsidize Beck on his own, that's great. But you really should do that. So then, what I did was I called into the quarterly financial conference. By the way, Ooh. this was 2011. Uh -huh. And what I did was I said I asked Rupert Murdoch. I actually asked him. I said. Uh, how long, I know you, you're you not going to break out the numbers, but how long are you going to continue to subsidize Glenn Beck? Because all we see are gold ads and in-house ads. I mean, And he was like, well, I, I, I just think he's uh, you know doing a great a job. He's a great lead. And that story allowed the investors to ask, hey, what the hell is going on? It got picked up by Reuters, New York. It turns out that over 300 advertisers 
would not be on the Glenn Beck show. Yes, and that's, that's what got him fired. So this was where I used the greed and the desire for quarterly profits in order to get the people at Murdoch to say, oh, right, we're supposed to have quarterly profits. That is the kind of, you know, third uh, third way thinking that makes a difference. And now it's kind of like, what are we going to do now to under impact them? Let's look at the defamation lawsuits. I've talked about Dominion, but I said, you know what? Why aren't there now uh, cases from Vanderbilt? Everybody, uh, everybody. Hospital. And what I hear from the left, there's a lot of defeatism. There's yeah. a lot of, well, oh. they'll figure this out or yep. they'll do this or they'll, or they'll come or after Or there's nothing us. we can do. We're done. It's over. Yeah, I'm yeah. tired of that. Yeah, I me too. You know, I I I I read that list that we're on together and sometimes I just you know what? I just I like just put the phone down and walk away. Because if I said what I really thought, uh, you, you would hear the side of me when I go off and <laughs> and, and, and really get crazy. The goes off. Yeah. Um and it's not it's just not worth it. Yeah, I make myself nuts at times. But, you know, this whole dominion thing is it's a perfect example. So I'm watching the hearing today with Merrick Garland, and the way he is treated by the Republicans on that committee, you would think their shit doesn't stink. And all I could think of is all these assholes are backing up the big lie. None of them stood up and said, Donald Trump's lying. This is wrong. They all went along with it. Well, Fox, not news should be pulled off the air. The, if if Dominion wins, and hopefully they'll win more than $1.6 billion, and, and Fox will have to stop broadcasting or whatever it is they do on cable, because what they're doing is so irresponsible. And every one of those goddamn senators went along with it. And they're still telling the big lie. And something's got to stop to make them accountable. The problem is... The people who watch Fox don't even know about this Dominion lawsuit. They don't know about the text messages because Fox doesn't report on it. And that's where they get their so-called news. You know, this is a question that came up the other day. And I saw, I don't know if you saw, uh, Keith Oberman did a really interesting uh, podcast where he talked about this deal that was you know, cut between the president of NBC and Fox News, yeah. which basically kept the um, Fox on the, on the air. air. And it was it's fascinating. And in his you know headline of his tweet, he said that they should have the corporate death penalty for a company that's doing the non you know non news kind of thing. Yes. And my thought was again, let's talk about what is the process to make that happen? What needs to happen? How do they fight it? Who are our allies? Who are the people who are going to be like within NBC? Because those people, they see Fox as their sister organization. They don't want them destroyed because they'll think, oh, they're going to come after us in the same way and we can't be regulated because blah, blah, blah. So, this is the thing, and actually Glenn Kirshner has been talking about this as well, is like, what would actual regulation look like? What are the actual phrases and words, things like just lying is one thing, 
what are the kinds of things that it would look like? Why are, what would it take to get people to do this on the Democratic side? And there's so often on the left, there's this fear of talking and doing anything that has yep. anything to do with regulation on speech. And what I've kept pulling people back and say, let's go down to the basics. Can speech hurt people? Can it? And we have ways that it shows it and prove it. And we see the impact of it. Why can't we do something about that? We can. And it's just like in the social media side, the social media people, they are lying about the impact of what they're, uh, what they allow, what yep. they promote. Yep. And, some, and we can do something about it. But we're afraid to actually do promoting these yep. terrible things yep. that are getting through. Well, let me tell you this. I'll tell you who is who is stepping up. And he did it today bigly. Um, but we, we love our Jamie Raskin. So there's Jamie Raskin with his little Stephen uh, bandana on his head because he's halfway through his chemo treatments because... Um, um, uh, 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 hold on one second. I got something showing up. I, I'm going to show this video, but I got something on the screen that's not supposed to be there. So I got to fix that. Um, so Jamie Raskin is the only one speaking up and he's doing that. Let me play a clip. This was Jamie Raskin today and he was responding to Lauren Boebert. Oh, little Lauren. Lauren, who insists on calling us, you know, calling the Democrats the Democrat Party. And Jamie Raskin said, you know, that's just not right. And, well, here is what he said. You know, we started this series of amendments by talking about the fact that they have this self-imposed political speech impediment. They can't correctly pronounce the name of our party in its adjectival form. But, you know, I thought of a solution to this because I was reading a great book by H.W. Brand about Franklin D. Roosevelt called Traitor to His Class. And in the book... He's got a bunch of Roosevelt speeches. And you know what President Roosevelt called our party? What? Not the Democratic Party. No. Much less the Democrat Party. Right. If you can't pronounce it, do what Roosevelt did. He called us the democracy. Ooh. The democracy. Mm -hmm. He said, the economic royalists, the corporate plutocrats, say you invest in the wealthiest people in society, some of the wealth will trickle down on everybody else. But the democracy says you invest in the great working middle class of America. We will all rise and prosper together. That's the doctrine of the democracy. If you can't pronounce the name of our party, just call us the democracy. That's what we are today because we defend the right to vote and we defend free and fair elections and we stand by the results of elections. And we defend not only the country and our democratic allies all over the world, as in Ukraine, we defend this body. We defend this chamber. You go. We defend the capital of the United States. <laughs> and we defend the interests of the working majority of Americans. So the American people are not asking for more reports and more bureaucracy. They're asking for action. And that's what the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress are giving them. You know, how, how great, of how great is he, Spocko? Jamie Raskin is the real deal. Yeah, yeah, he he's he's great. And it's one of those I am so pleased with some of the things that he says. 
And we have this problem of on, on the left of repeating messages, as uh, as uh, our friend uh, Anat would say, yes. you know, repetition is your friend and repetition is your friend. Um, <laughs> it is really hard sometimes when we're talking about messaging to say, oh, that's a good message. Let's keep using it because we get bored. You know, mm-hmm. let, let, let's let's do it. Uh, uh, do a new one. That is, and, and I'm thinking, you know, one message that I think would be fun, and this is why I was talking about the comeuppance report, yeah. um, is when there is, uh, when we have a win, but also when somebody has gotten busted and uh, like, uh, I don't know, um, uh, Fortenberry, uh, well, no, uh, uh, Fortenberry, right. <laughs> you know, he, he gets kicked out, okay, or cones get yeah. kicked out. You know, these people, they were busted for insider trading and for lying, things like that. Hey, they you know, they got busted. They got kicked out. Those are the kinds of things we want to see more of. Yes. And it is that kind of, I don't know, satisfaction. One of my, my favorite TV shows was called Leverage, where it's like, it isn't justice through our system oftentimes that we can get, but we can get justice if we have leverage yes and we figure out a way to say we know they're going to cheat we know they're going to do this so when they cheat we prepare for it and we bust them in another way because that is the way that we win yes do not anticipate that they're not going to do it anticipate it prepare for it use their own ego their hubris and their kind of attention to all we care about is one thing right and then bust them for it when they do it and that was you know the the come up it's thing you know make them because they do this they 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 they, they double down expect them to double down yes. and get them right. when they do it right but but again learn learn from jamie raskin because he's a master at this here's another one from today and let me set this video up He's answering to Scott Perry. Now, Scott Perry is one of the the, the biggest crooks, the biggest uh, conspiracy guys on the left. You don't see him much because he does most of his stuff behind the scenes. He's the one who's still fighting even after uh, his phone was subpoenaed by the special master months ago. Um, he's still fighting in court about not having the contents of the phone released because he knows he's complicit and he'll probably be prosecuted. So this is Scott Perry on the House floor talking some shit, and Jamie Raskin says, oh, you know, carry my water. Here you go. Woman from Maryland, my friend from Maryland, talks about increased bureaucracy. The increased bureaucracy of informing the American people. My goodness, my goodness, I've never heard that from my friends on the other side of the aisle. Increased oh, bureaucracy. I mean, all they do around here is inf- infuse more government into our lives. Uh, excuse me. It's not the left who's telling you what you can and can't do with your body. It's not the left telling you what books you can't read, even though the teacher has assigned them. It's not the left who's injecting government into your lives. It's the right. The small government people are the ones in your bedroom. Just I had to get that out. Sorry. Back to it. With every single thing they do. Talks about the medical situation and price fixing. He doesn't call it fri- price, <laughs> price fixing, fixing, but that's what it is. Because they lowered the price. But sorry, I'll, 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 let, I'll let Jamie do it. It's price fixing. I, him. I think he was describing 
all of the lowering of prescription right. drug prices That's we've done, right. we're saving Americans across the country, millions of Americans, thousands of dollars in their Medicare prescription drug prices. And the gentleman just called that price fixing. Not I assume gentleman. he's opposed to it. I'd be happy to yield if you want to correct me. But otherwise, I'm going to go back with the conclusion that you're opposed to all of the lowering of prescription drug prices that the Congress actually engaged in in the 117th Congress. Boom. And finally, uh, the, the gentleman would like to somehow put in our court the burden of bureaucracy. Well, let's talk about the major bureaucracy that's being put in place in America today to violate the rights and the freedom of women to Hello. make their own medical decisions as they try to criminalize that. And most of them, I don't know exactly where the gentleman is, perhaps he can clarify it, most of them support a national ban on abortion taking what was a constitutional right for more than a half century and turning it into a felony criminal offense or misdemeanor criminal offense. You want to talk about bureaucracy? Time's expired. You want to talk about a police state? That's on you. That's you- on you. That's on you. So, you know, I, I want everybody to listen to Jamie Raskin and learn from him, all of his colleagues. Some of them do it okay, but he's the best. Uh, a friend of ours worked on the uh, with Progressive Caucus for a while, and um, as well as Anat, and she was on uh, Lawrence O'Donnell talking about messages. How you know the Democrats, you know, sell the sell the brownie recipe, not the brownies. You yep, know, yep. and this is one of the things that she. I asked Anat about this. It's like going, yeah, it's I'm, I'm the, getting the, there. Uh, Spocko, let me interrupt because you're, you you you've mentioned Anat like three times now. Anat Shankar Osorio is who Spocko's talking about. She's got a few books out, but she deals with the language we use, the 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 words, the the semantics, the how we say things really matters, and that's part of her uh, her coaching, right? Right, right, and it's it's also one of those things where. Um, you know, people always talk about, you know, the narrative and, and setting it. Um, the right wing helps set this narrative, but partly it's always this. They set a fight. It's, you know, X versus Y. It's, you know, one side versus the other. And they set it up in terms of what Jamie's doing is he's setting up and changing the narrative and saying, this is what we're talking about here. You're calling it price fixing? Are you kidding me? Right. Uh, it's a good thing. We lowered but, prescription drug prices today. One of the big uh, one of the big pharmaceutical companies announced that they will put a ceiling on insulin at thirty five dollars a month. This is only because Congress did it with Medicare. You know that's why it happened, and they're calling it price fixing. And they're criticizing. In fact, listen to this. This is I'm not going to play the video. I'll just play you the audio here. Kathy McMorris Rogers today on the floor of the House. Listen to what she said. Today oh. is the government fixing the price on insulin. What's next? <laughs> Gas. Food. <laughs> History tells us that price fixing doesn't work. Oh, it- oh my God! That's the whole clip. Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. Right. I mean, that is a narrative flip that just is astonishing, isn't it? Isn't and they're, it? They're gonna they're gonna keep using that. I mean, I I think a lot about in terms of how we talk about things and in in the way that we start talking about things. And sometimes people fall into, I called it like, you know, platitude thinking. Yeah. Um, and 
the right is good at having, you know, bumper sticker slogans about things. And um, I don't discount those. I like, I also love, you know, musicals and alliteration, mm-hmm. those things. All those things are important for people in terms of saying certain things. But when you start seeing this and you know how it gets repeated all the time, one of the things Anat and I know this as well is you don't repeat their messages in re, re, uh, not rebating them, uh, in rebuking them. Right. Because just doing just that actually drives on the message. Yep. Yep. And so I ask people sometimes because I work on, you know, gun issues like what's your best uh, issue against the uh uh, uh, the gun thing. And they go, you know, and they'll do some variation of bad guys with the gun. It's like, no. Right. Because that keeps oh, please. repeating That's their that specific nonsense. idea. Right. Right. Um, I got to play this for you. I, and I, I look, I'm, I, I give credit where credit is due. Everybody knows I am not thrilled with the congressman that now represents my district. His name is um, uh, Jared Moskowitz. He's kind of a dick. And he's full of himself. And I don't like him. However, he was good today. Watch this clip. He's going, this is in the House Oversight Committee. The, uh, the chair, because now it's the House under Republican control. And the, uh, the chair of the committee is this Comer guy who's just an idiot. And, and Jared Moskowitz just shows the difference between an idiot and somebody who's got half a brain. Listen to this. I just want to relay something that was just stated uh, during the roundtable. Dr. McCary just said today at the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic's roundtable the following, and I quote, the greatest perpetrator of misinformation during the pandemic was the United States government. End quote. Yeah. On, on those comments, I too would like to get more more information. I mean, was, was that course. person specifically talking about the misinformation that President Trump put out about maybe putting light into the body could get rid of COVID <laughs> or maybe using a horse tranquilizer to get rid of COVID? Was he talking about the misinformation about maybe we can do like a cleaning of the body, you know, as, as misinformation? And so, you know, I, I'd like to find out the, the misinformation that was put out. You know, COVID's going to go away in like a couple of months, <laughs> that misinformation, you know, there was a lot of misinformation that was put out. That's and right. so I would love, we'd maybe hold a hearing on that, Mr. <laughs> Chairman. I think that would be fantastic. I yield back. Maybe hold a hearing on it, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Spocko, any, any uh, feedback on Jared Moskowitz there? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. I, 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 I'm, I'm trying to think about uh, what is our message today what is the, the the constant message that we're happy about uh, capping the insulin prices? What What is this? Repeat it. What is it? Yeah. Um, we are bringing down the cost of drugs for everybody now. Um, this is what, and they're talking about price fixing. Who are they protecting? Who are they protecting? Let, let's never talk about price fixing in the, because right. it brings oh, up don't use that just word. the phrase right. brings up a negative thing right, in right, their right, mind. Right, right, right. So, uh, not let's not use that word. Let's gotcha. look at the words that are, you know, helping everybody, helping the uh, average people. That that is what we're and it was through our work and the hard work fighting for this for people. 
Right. Okay. Now, I, I, I don't want to let the hour get away from us, Spaco, without playing some audio from the Merrick Garland hearing because I've been talking about it and how it pissed me off. So John Kennedy, who nobody should ever confuse with the, the first John Kennedy, John F. Kennedy. This is John Phony Kennedy from uh, Louisiana, the one who pretends he talks like this, the one who pretends he's just a small town farmer when he's got a degree from Oxford. And he doesn't talk like this. He, he actually doesn't have an accent, but he talks like this on the Senate floor because he thinks it makes him, I don't know, sound more relatable to the stupid people out there. Anyway, this is what this moron was going on about. And just realize this is only a short clip of his longer five minutes of questioning. And it wasn't so much questioning of Merrick Garland as berating, as accusing him. And Merrick Garland's going, I, that didn't happen. I didn't do that. Merrick Garland is debunking the lies. And Kennedy, Mr. I'm just a small country farmer, I, you know, just isn't listening to him. Here's this clip. Didn't you understand the chilling effect that it would have to parents when you issued uh, your directive, when you directed your criminal divisions and your counterterrorism divisions to, um, to investigate parents who were angry at school boards and administrators during COVID? So, Senator, if you just give me a moment to put the full context, I did not do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. I did not issue any happen. memorandum directing the investigation of parents who are concerned about their children. Quite to the contrary, the memorandum that you're talking about says at the very beginning of the memorandum that vigorous public debate is protected by the First Amendment. And the kind of concerns that you're talking about, are, uh, as expressed by parents, are, of course, completely protected. The memorandum was aimed at violence and threats of violence against a whole host of school personnel. Hello. It was not aimed at parents making complaints to their school board. Now, now listen it, to Kennedy when he comes in the back. Context it, of a whole in one series ear out of the other. other kinds of violent threats uh, and violence against other public well, well, officials. Oh, oh, and, and it gets cut off. But he goes back and and basically he acts as if he never heard what uh, what uh, the answer that the attorney general just gave him. He continued his questioning as if you wrote that memo and you released it and you need to do something. And Merrick Garland's like, wait a minute. I just said, no, I did no such thing. And you keep perpetrating these lies because that's what they do. And the worst of all of them, come on, you know, Spocko, you know who the worst of all of them is, right? Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, Ted Cancun Cruz. So um, uh, here. So in this in this clip, you'll hear uh, Merrick Garland correct Ted Cruz because he gets, as you would expect, he gets it wrong. Ted Cruz won't listen to him. Not only doesn't he listen to him, listen to the way he addresses the attorney general. As you know, the FBI raided Donald Trump. No, it didn't raid anything. And subsequent to that raid, there no. have been multiple leaks about what was discovered there, including a photograph of documents that were discovered there. Did, did you know about the leaks? 
the from that rate. The photograph was a filing in court in response to a motion filed by Mr. Trump. It was not a leak. Hello. So, so you're testifying there haven't been leaks about the, <laughs> the Trump raid investigation? I'm, I'm responding to the point of... As you know, okay, so that was that clip. Now let me go to the next clip. So, so, so Ted Cruz tries to put words in his mouth, and then it gets ugly. Even one senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, seventy United States marshals. Let me try again. To and let Have me you, has the Department of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes/no question. It's not a give a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. So of the, the answer ju- is no. Is to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why full- are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And oh what God. we have done is defended the lives of the justices with so over how do seventy you decide, U.S. Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full okay, you, I recognize you want to give a separate speech. No, I don't want How to How do a... you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute oh you. God. The attorney general make a determination and you spent 20 years as a judge and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. <laughs> And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another area. Can I answer the Let's question? Shift, no, the, you, the no. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The attorney you general choose, does not decide whether to arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce oh this God. statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. If they make a, uh, if they make Marshals a, do not if, have prosecution. If they authority. make an arrest, right, then it goes to the marshals. Topics, oh, my our, God. Our time is limited. Shut up. We've all Hey, hey Ted. Senator, you asked me whether I said. Ted, I got a I got a little song for you, Ted. I just need you to shut the fuck up because nobody asked you, bitch. I need you to shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Just shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Sing, Spocko, come on. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Because sometimes you need... Some, sometimes you need a song like that to 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 disarm the ugliness coming from Ted Dicknose Cruz. And by the way, yes, his nose is a penis. It's on his face. You can't deny it. Look at Ted Cruz's face. You will see he's got a dick in the middle of his face. Uh, I'm not saying that everybody hates <laughs> Ted Cruz, but the people who hate Ted Cruz hate him a lot. Everybody um, hates Ted Cruz. I, I, I want to I want to say something about the earlier thing about the FBI and the parents, because this is actually a, a huge, huge topic that I've written about before is <clears throat> threats and threats and violence and how it is conflated with other things. And this is actually a huge problem, which is when the parents were going in, it, it was people coming in, threatening people, physically, online, social media, and the right turned it into, I can't say my opinion on something because I'm going to have the FBI show up. Yeah. And that is, and the FBI, and we know this from the research from the the reporters, from, uh, from writers, that the FBI is afraid to do anything that sounds like it is First Amendment. They just discount it. They don't want to do it. 
prosecutors don't want to go for it. And the problem is, is that they're actually great, great specific cases that can be brought forward about this. And they are not. And this is one of the ways that I think we need to define things. And people on the left need to stop thinking, oh, the First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. This is not letting people march in Skokie talking about Nazis. This is about death threats, threats of violence that are coming at people that are actionable, they're real, and they actually could meet the category of a true threat in Elanis versus um, United States, which is the way that the, somebody on Facebook said, I wasn't really threatening them. I was doing rap lyrics. Okay. Yeah, oh God. There's a way to do this. And I also, you know, I, I, I work with the Lisa Graves before she appeared, uh, appeared in front of a set. Yes. Uh, by the way, by the way, Lisa will be here Friday. Yes. We love Lisa, Lisa Graves. Graves. Yes. Um, but that kind of preparation is something that, Garland should have, Garland should have been prepared for uh, that. He's I mean, just, you know what, you know, everything else aside, and I look, and everybody knows I love Marcy Wheeler. I respect her. I, and the only reason I haven't completely gone off on Merrick Garland is because she says he's doing the job. He's doing the work. You got to let them, you got to let all the, the things play out. It, because every bone in my body is telling me, what the fuck already? It's been over two years. Where are the damn indictments? It, it's not just legal. It is. I think this is a thing that we sometimes fall into. It's like there's a PR story here that needs to come out, not just, oh, let's wait for the law to work and show this. We have to have people who are saying, here is something that needs to be pushed out. And the January 6th committee did a good job about bringing some of that stuff up. Yeah. But can I tell you what, you know, here, another, I've got one more video clip to play for you. And it wasn't from the hearing. It was from the halls of Congress yesterday when Kevin McCarthy, who apparently has been hiding out for a while and reporters have not been able to get to him because they've been trying to ask him about giving Tucker Carlson um, over 40,000 hours of of capital surveillance video from January 6th. That's um, insane. It's insane. And listen to the bullshit excuse he gives this NBC reporter who finally catches up with him today and says, you know, what's up with that? That's just, that's not how it's supposed to work. Can you explain this decision to hand over these January 6th video to Tucker Carlson? Well, first of all, we didn't hand over anything. We didn't hand over anything? We've had videos for more than two years. I didn't hear anybody concerned about that when CNN was given exclusive. Bullshit. Um, I know you have letters from all of our news organizations asking for the same video that you've made available today. Have you ever had an exclusive? Because <laughs> I sit on your networks all the time. So I have an exclusive, then I'll give it out to the entire uh, country. But why? But why? Okay, so 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 the the lie that he's telling here is. First of all, he's conflating. It's an exclusive. Well, you get an exclusive interview. You don't get government evidence as an exclusive, and then you'll give it to everyone. And you know who else, Spaco? who else they're talking to about giving them access to those tapes before the rest of the media, before the American public, before the, the Democrats? 
The, the defendants. The defendants. The January 6th defendants, the people who are in jail, who are up on charges for insurrection. That's who they want to get. So they can edit it creatively and say, look, there's footage of people peacefully walking around the Capitol. Well, duh. Uh, it's it's astounding. It's absolutely astounding. And so do you know what I think we should be doing every single day? That same guy, Kevin McCarthy, one week after the insurrection, that was January 6th. This was January 13th of 2021 on the floor of the House. This is Kevin McCarthy. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. Hello. He should have immediately denounced the mob when he saw what was unfolding. These facts require immediate action by President Trump. Accept his share of responsibility, quell the brewing unrest, and ensure President-elect Biden is able to successfully begin his term. I think every member of Congress, every reporter should have that on their phone so that when Kevin McCarthy starts spewing his bullshit, you can just respond with... The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by... Right? Am I wrong on that? Uh, You're wrong. Um, <laughs> how I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say something about this. I have media trained a lot of people, uh, politicians, mm-hmm. uh, people who are like that. I've also worked with journalists, a lot of journalists, and these people are professionals. And one of the things that we learned from our friends on the list, um, Mike and, and Lauren is that we are a lot of times thinking that the journalists are going to figure it out and they're going to ask the great gotcha question. It isn't always the journalists that do it. And it isn't always that method that gets it out. It is things like, you know, finding out what they're saying to their buddies behind the scenes because they don't think about, oh, I figured out an answer to this. I know how to respond to this. I'll trick them and I'll say, oh, yeah, but you never got an exclusive like this. (laughs) We are not in a world where they are not prepared. But there are ways that we can get them that is going to expose them because they're not thinking about, oh yeah, let's bring out this other thing in another fact. Let's get them behind the scenes where they're talking to their donors. Let's figure out what they're saying when they don't think that they're being recorded. Because when they know they're being recorded, they have methodology. I know because I've taught people how to avoid these kind of questions. One of the things I taught, you know, I I said in Nebraska, if you can train and understand the constituents, how they uh, dodge reporters, you can bust them because they're not expecting the constituents to know, oh, they're going to use this bullshit answer. Mm -hmm. Here's how you do it. And that's the kind of stuff that I think that we need to understand because the the even the mainstream media or MSNBC they get sucked into the same kind of talking point games always so, oh i believe right. me MSNBC is not held harmless here there is yeah not yeah so so that's one of the ways that and, and this is you know i'm started off in the blogger world whatever where we where we call out the 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 mainstream media we bring up the kinds of things as saying hey this is the kind of question that needs to be asked. And we know that they're, they're going to try this kind of crap. Here's how we keep pushing. So again, I ask you, what's the message to McCarthy that we're going to do? Not for the press. It's like going, 
show the ways that he has been sucked into the Trump world versus where he was of course. right after January 6th. Right. Well, and that just shows, look, after January 6th, he was telling the truth. He knows what happened. And then he went down to Mar-a-Lago. He kissed the little, oh, I got to play this clip. He kissed the little mushroom dick and, and he's never looked back, you know, Along those lines, I got to play this because I, I teased it at the beginning. Hassan Minaj is the guest host on The Daily Show this week. And he kind of went off on this whole um, Fox Dominion suit and all that. So just have a listen. It goes like this. But it turns out the whoops, viewers. Whoops, 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 whoops. I almost gave away the punchline. Here we go. Because of this lawsuit, a bunch of Fox News hosts had to release their text messages. And y'all know this. Yeah. No, no, no. You know this. There's LinkedIn you. And then there's iMessage you. That's the deep, this is dark what you were talking underbelly about, of who you really are. And boy, oh boy, were these iMessages good. New court filings show that in private, Fox hosts Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, and Sean Hannity were brutally ridiculing the claims of election fraud and the people who were making them. Top Fox hosts privately trashed the Trump legal team for lying. As Tucker Carlson texted Laura Ingram, Sidney Powell is lying. It's insane. Ingram responded, Sidney is a complete nut. Tucker Carlson referred to Donald Trump as a demonic force. The private mockery also targeted Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani. Uh Sean Hannity wrote Giuliani is acting like an insane person (laughs) while Ingram remarked such an idiot. Oh my god. Do you realize what this means? These people are secretly sane. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. They would not go that far. These guys are texting each other all day about how bullshit Fox News is. Their group chat is basically MSNBC. (laughs) But out of everything we learned about Fox News, there was one text that came out in Discovery that truly freaked me out. It's when Tucker Carlson said Fox News had to be more supportive of Donald Trump's election claims. Tucker Carlson wrote his producer, Alex Pfeiffer. Do the executives understand how much credibility and trust we've lost with our audience? We're playing with fire for real. An alternative like Newsmax could be devastating to us. Do you understand what he's saying here? Yes. He's saying, if I don't say this bullshit, my viewers will leave me. This whole time, we thought Fox News was manipulating its viewers. But it turns out the viewers were manipulating Fox News. Go figure. I love that. But wait, it gets better. There's one more observation here. Uh, here we go. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Here. Tucker Carlson is a moral vacuum. A hole, if you will, <laughs> who glorifies election deniers. So, a glory hole. <laughs> and his viewers expect him to please them with his mouth. <laughs> and he's constantly terrified that they'll find a new, more satisfying glory hole. <laughs> And that's why Tucker Carlson will never stop sucking. <laughs> and that's why Tucker Carlson will never stop sucking. What a way with words. I, I, I like the idea. And this is exactly the kind of thing that we need to have and use their behind the scenes thing. That's I, right. I, I remember from the, um, the movie 
a bombshell where Gretchen Carlson recorded people like Roger Ailes, what he had said behind the scenes. And then when she released it and he said, oh, we never said that. And then she had the tape. Right. That is the kind of second level thinking that needs to happen. Know that they're going to deny it. And then you bring it up. Yep. Know that they're going to say, oh, I never said anything like that. And then you bring it up and you say, it's not just that. It is worse. And the next step is, and this is a thing that that happens with journalists a lot of times. It's like, oh, yeah, well, then something will happen. What is the something that we want to happen? Not just the financial thing. What is the corporate death penalty? What is the thing that will change their behavior in a way that can make it so that it has a less of an impact? It is choosing to make a statement that is not just, oh, well, pay a fine and move on. Right, right. Yes, what is that like? And what are the barriers to us doing that? And I watched how News of the World was destroyed in the UK when it was in the, uh, the news corporation world. It took multiple people. It took celebrities. It took politicians, it took activists, it took journalists, Mm -hmm. and there was a will to stop it. That is the thing that we need to understand. Fox News is needs well, to get the stop corporate stop calling them Fox News. They're Fox not news. They're oh, Fox sorry, fake F-N-N. news. They're F-N-N. Fox faux news. Call them anything, but I don't put those words you're right. together Thank you. you're, ever. You're right. So there exactly. you go. Spocko. Thank That's you. Spocko, everybody. Um, this, was, this was a very nice surprise. I wasn't expecting Spocko to be my co-host this hour, but it was wonderful. To, uh, to have you here, Spocko. We will, we'll have to arrange to do this one of these days. But I got to run. We're in overtime. And, and Thank you. I, I got work to do. So, Spocko, everybody. Find him in the chat room during the show, usually. Spocko, Mastodon.online. See you there. There you go. Spocko.Mastodon.online. All right, Spocko. Uh, and everybody else, I'll see you guys tomorrow. It's Thursday. Howie Klein will be here. And um, Friday, Lisa Graves. Because... There were there was a big Supreme Court case this week that we need to talk about. And there's all kinds of legal stuff going on. So um, we're on the case. All right. One day at a time. All right. Thank you, Spocko. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for hanging. I'll see you tomorrow. And as usual, I'll leave you with the news. Uh, here we go. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. The city of Chicago went to the polls on Tuesday and the result is a shocker. For the first time in 40 years, the incumbent mayor has been ousted in the primary. Lori Lightfoot did not garner enough votes to enter the April 4th runoff for a second term. In the runoff, the ex-Chicago Public School CEO, Paul Vallis, he's a centrist and the only white candidate in the race. He had supported the police union. He'll go up against the second-place finisher, progressive Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Lightfoot was the first openly gay person to serve as mayor. She was plagued with controversy over Chicago's high crime rate, and she fought with the teachers' union and city council. The last time an elected mayor was ousted was 40 years ago when Jane Byrne, Chicago's first female mayor, was defeated in the 1983 Democratic primary. The Supreme Court on Tuesday appeared ready to void President Joe Biden's $430 billion student debt relief plan. 
The court's three liberal justices were clearly opposed to granting the plaintiffs standing to challenge the program, but there could be an opening as Amy Coney Barrett appeared skeptical of the standing arguments made by the states. Today, Wednesday, Attorney General Merrick Garland testifying before the Senate Judiciary Committee. This will be his first appearance before the 118th Congress. We don't know a whole lot about the hearing, but it is titled Oversight of the Department of Justice. And there's lots to ask him about. Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy is defending his decision to give Tucker Carlson of the Fox Not News channel exclusive access to 40,000 hours plus of security footage from the January 6, 2021 insurrection, despite the fact that Carlson's been lying about the attack since it happened. McCarthy downplayed the magnitude of what he did by saying, networks get exclusives all the time. This is just an exclusive and then everyone will have access to it. Could he really be that clueless? Or is he just gaslighting us? But wait, it gets better. Oh, actually worse. House Republicans are now moving to provide defendants in January 6th related cases access to those thousands of hours of internal capital security footage, a move that could influence many of the ongoing prosecutions from the attack. So let's get this straight. They want to give access to all that footage to defendants who are charged with illegally entering and attacking the Capitol on January 6th, but not to all other news outlets or the rest of Congress? I'm confused. Apparently, I'm not the only one confused. At the first House Judiciary Committee session of 2023, Florida man, Republican Congressman Matt Gates, put forth an amendment that would require the committee to recite the Pledge of Allegiance before every hearing. Democratic Congressman David Cicilline of Rhode Island responded with an amendment that would ban insurrectionists from leading the pledge. Republicans pushed back, including Tom McClintock of California, who said, quote, nobody who committed murder is going to be invited here. Well, tell that to that Florida man, Matt Gates. He did just that. Eric Swalwell has the details. But who did he bring in here to say the Pledge of Allegiance? Corey Beekman. Corey Beekman in 2019 was in a standoff with the Michigan police after he was arrested and charged with murder, assault with intent to commit murder and two counts of felony firearm possession. Hmm. But wait, Matt Gates is still confused about other things, too. During the Tuesday night hearing into competition from China, Matt Gates entered Chinese propaganda into the congressional record, and he wasn't even aware that that's what he was doing. Thankfully, he was shut down by a Pentagon official, a witness. Is the Azov Battalion getting access to U.S. weapons? Not that I'm aware of, but you have information. I, I see to consent to enter into the record, the Global Times investigative report that talks about training. It's uh, from the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Lab, citing the Azov Battalion was even getting stuff as far back as 2018. Without objection, so ordered. Any reason to disagree with that assessment? Dr. Is this the, I'm sorry, is this the Global Times from China? No, this is... Well, That's what you read. Yes. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Would that be a reason? Uh, I, I, as a general matter, I don't take Beijing's propaganda. Well, no, no. Yeah, just value. tell me if the, if the allegation is true or false. I mean, uh, it, I don't have any evidence one way or the okay. other. As a general matter, I don't take Beijing's propaganda at face value. Fair, fair enough. I would agree with that assessment. Sure you would, Matt. Way to go. President Biden announced that he will nominate Julie Su to be the next Secretary of Labor. She's currently the Deputy Secretary of Labor under Marty Walsh. If confirmed by the Senate, she'd be the first Asian American to serve as a cabinet secretary under Biden. She'd replace Marty Walsh, who left the administration to become head of the National Hockey League Players Association. 
Scientists say tests in East Palestine, Ohio, show unusually high levels of some chemicals in the aftermath of a toxic train wreck last month. Nine of the dozens of chemicals that the EPA has been monitoring are higher than would normally be found in the area. Residents are angry, obviously. In response, the EPA said it will continue to monitor the air quality in the area and in people's homes. How magnanimous of them. Meanwhile, another rail mishap. Thankfully, this one wasn't in the U.S., but it is scary. A passenger train and a cargo train collided head-on in Greece, killing at least 36 and injuring at least 85 people. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.